welcome to the Emotional Support Water Bottle with Hannah and Ailish. I'm Hannah. And I'm Ailish. So, I got in a little fender bender. Oh no. I know. I wasn't, it just was like a perfect little storm. <laughs> and I rear-ended the car in front oh, of me. I know. <laughs> I've done that before, but it's been a long time. Yeah, I've never done it before. And I was... Just, it was like I saw the turn signal turn green, mm-hmm. and then I got a call from my boss, and it was like I saw the green, answered the call, and then realized what? it was red, <laughs> and it was too late, and I hit the car in front of me, and I was like shocked, and I felt so bad, and I then know. there was this awkward altercation with like, where are we going, what are we doing, the traffic behind us. And there was zero damage to my car. Like, literally, it looks like nothing (laughs) happened to my car at all. But I, like, dented hers and cracked the bumper. Was she, like, okay about it? Yeah, she was very, very kind. I mean, she was probably around our age, too. Maybe a little bit older than us. (laughs) But she didn't know what the heck she was doing, and she called her fiancé, which I was kind of annoyed by because I'm like if you wouldn't have called your fiance then I wouldn't have had to get the police involved because yeah. she called 911 and then they brought the police there and I it could have just been like exchange insurance information right like, I'll take care of whatever but no then I got cited oh god and even the police officer was like I'm so sorry but if she like wants to make it like a crash report you know you're gonna get a ticket and I was just like <sighs> It was okay. my fault. I like, know, I have to just tough. take accountability. Like, it's fine. It's whatever she wants to do. I'm not. So, yeah, that happened. And I was annoyed. Like, I'm still just annoyed at myself because I, I shouldn't have let that happen. But I, the most important thing is that everybody involved was okay. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know what? This doesn't matter. Like, I need <laughs> to just move past it. Like, I will pay what I need to pay. But, like, in the grand scheme of things, like, it doesn't matter. I don't need to beat myself up over this for the rest of my life. Well, I feel like now it's so hard almost not to get in a car accident. Yeah. Because everybody's, like, on your butt, and then you're trying to go. And then yeah. if somebody doesn't go, and it's, even if it's not your fault. I know. And I mean, just... not, not to, like, you know, defend myself, but it also was rainy. So there were just a <laughs> lot of factors against me. But I really should have been paying more attention. Like, it was just, like, it was my fault, and it was just the perfect storm of whatever. But, um, yeah, I'd never gotten in any type of accident like that before, so that was really weird for that to happen. I know, and I feel like I always feel so clueless under those, like, circumstances, yeah. too. It's like, I don't do this every day. Right, and then... My dad was like, did you call your insurance agent? And I was like, no, I didn't. Should I have called him? Like, there wasn't any damage to my car. Like, I don't right. know. And then they already had called me about the claim. Okay. It, so. But it wasn't my agent. It was like a representative. So I guess I'm going to call him tomorrow because this happened at like 4.15 on Friday. So okay. I guess I'll just call him tomorrow and be like, hey. So you probably already see, but (laughs) this happened. So, yeah. And it was just the end to, like, such a busy, annoying week. Of course that would happen, you know? I know. know. And I just hate when, like, 
stuff like that happens and you're just cringing at yourself. Yeah, it's that's like, what it felt like. <laughs> <laughs> like why can't I just not do something stupid? I know. I know that's exactly how I felt. And then I was going to meet coworkers and I then I, they're like, Where are you? And I had to say Austin and X. Yeah, and then when I walked in they all clapped. Oh gosh. <laughs> like I'm embarrassed. It is so embarrassing. It's but so... whatever. I'm not it's gonna fine. I'm I gonna mean... try not to dwell on it. But it's just it's just annoying i know and then you're like did i say all the right things yeah in front of this person that the thing happened with yeah i mean i think it was fine but if she wouldn't have had that damn fiance (laughs) i wouldn't have gotten a ticket and points on my license (laughs) that probably would have been me though calling (laughs) brett i'm like what do i do call the cops i know but whatever i roll (laughs) (laughs) well i was watching a Put the pussycat dolls like a deep dive on them on YouTube just for fun and throwback. I know. Well, I I wondered if you remembered this. Do you remember when they were just like a dance group? Like they weren't the actual singers yet. Remember Kim Kardashian did? Oh yes. Like was a feature. They did the little like burlesque yeah. thing. Yeah. Um. I just thought I totally had forgotten about that, and it was like they had. Like the guest singers and stuff, yeah. with like Gwen Stefani would do it, Christina Aguilera, Christina Applegate. I forgot about that. Me too. too. I just thought it was funny. I don't know. I don't have that much to say about it, but it was just funny. I'm like, oh, that. But is the how video it was about that part of it. It did that part, and then when it turned into the actual girl group, oh, with like Nicole cool. and everybody. Yeah. So. Remember when we used to do the Pussycat Doll workout, workout video? <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. It actually felt like a decent workout. It yeah. was just like dancing and that Robin. Yeah. I mean, she Anton? was. That was her name? I don't even remember her last name. But she was good. I mean, I thought it was a good little workout. I don't think it did anything to our bodies because we did it like one time. I know. Or I'd like, like do it once a week. Yeah. Like, it was mostly just fun to learn the dance. Yeah, it was fun. Um, She, I guess her and Nicole Schwarzinger. Yeah. Are like, I guess the Pussycat Tolls were going to get back together like last, I don't know, sometime soon. But then her, Nicole and Robin, like, are in a legal dispute right now so it's like put on hold and i never had heard anything about them getting back together i didn't even know they were in a legal dispute yeah it had some i can't even remember what the video said but yeah the pussycat dolls were a solid girl group for a while there i always wanted to do that as a halloween costume yeah, except there's only two of us (laughs) but we could have found other people other people would have did it but I think we could still do it. I know we could. <laughs> Who can we find? I don't know. Some relatives. <laughs> or just like random people. No, we need like a redhead. Girl. I can look blondes. in my, in my <laughs> bar, pure bar classes oh, and see go. if anyone fits the <laughs> description. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of, this is really quick and short, but just speaking of pure bar, I had my first class with my new um, instructor because I lost my other one on Saturdays. I don't know. I just don't know how it's going to go. I'm trying to give her, like, open, be open-minded. But I don't know if she's going to be the permanent one because I looked uh. for a future Saturday, and it says TBD for the instructor. Mm. 
But I don't know. My world was shaken last <laughs> weekend when I found out my favorite favorite oh. pure bar instructor was leaving. That is so tough. It sounds so silly, but once you get so used to somebody, yeah. it's like then it changes the dynamics of the class completely. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's like. And then you get like this stranger and yeah. they're not going to live up to that expectation. So, and yeah. then you almost feel bad for them too, that everybody's going to be like hating them. Right. I know. Like, I know. I mean, she's fault. nice. It wasn't like she's bad, but she's just. She's different. She's not Megan. <laughs> um, though, I know we talk about like Scandaball and Vanderpump all the time, but with Ariana seeing this new man Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts I think it's it's not I don't know I just think it's too soon I really wish I think she is working on herself but I was kind of disappointed I guess yeah I don't know I know well and it would have been one thing if it was she was seen making out with this guy at Coachella and they just had a little make out sesh right at the Frank Ocean concert or something, you know, but it was like then we saw these photos of her hanging out with him for real and something Mm -hmm. was put on Instagram and then they were seen like kissing at the airport. Yes, like that romantic. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to leave you. Right. It's like and then you hear like Sheena just said, oh, I love him. Like he's such a great guy. Like, why do you feel like you have to be full on dating somebody? I know. And I guess we don't truly know what's going on there. But I did. I don't know. I was just disappointed. I just think it's. I mean, I don't know. And maybe it will last. Who knows? And I'm sure he is a nice guy. Yeah. But I guess I, I just, there's so many times with celebrities and just regular people where I'm just like, why do you constantly have to be in a relationship? Yes. Especially when, like, Nothing in. sorted out. Right. And in their situation, they were in, like, a 10-year relationship. I know, like, business. It's right. like it makes sense with Sandoval if he's trying to work out things with Raquel because that's like the what whole happened. thing yeah. yeah but I just really wish Ariana would have like they get their house sorted out everything sorted out new places to yeah. live before any of that stuff like I just I don't know I, I guess would have rather saw that I've just I'm not really the type of person where I'm like oh my gosh if I don't have like a man, I just don't even know how to live. Or yeah. like, I need to be like fulfilled emotionally, sexually, like I, everything. Like, I don't feel like I need that right. from a partner like all the time. Yeah. So it's like, and especially if you're coming off of this very traumatic breakup, yes. why do you feel like you need to dive in with somebody else? I don't know. I guess I just have a different feeling about I <laughs> No, I. And, like, I can't even, like, if me and my husband broke up, I wouldn't even want anyone to touch me for a long time. Yeah. Like, I just want to, I don't want to, wouldn't want to give my heart to somebody else. But it almost seems like maybe they were both, like, emotionally kind of out of the relationship before it ended. I don't know. But for me, honestly, it makes me feel like, like, maybe... Ariana 
like was ready to break up with Tom and right. not as fully into it as we thought. Like, I don't know, because I just don't know unless you're trying to literally just like block the pain out, which right. maybe that's what she's doing. Right. But I don't see how you even if you were like, well, you know, we were together, but we were actually like in my mind, we were already broken up. Right. Even if you felt that way, how do you still just jump into another relationship that quickly? I, I don't know. I feel like it is just kind of a defense mechanism. And maybe she was a little pressured by some of the people around her to They're get like, out there. Move on. Yeah. Show him what he's missing because I honestly don't think Sandoval cares anyway. Right, so I, don't I don't either. I don't know what there is to prove. But, I mean, as long as she's having fun. Yeah, I, <laughs> I guess, guess that's all that matters. <laughs> But we'll see where it goes. We'll yeah. see if he'll be on the new season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Satchel. <laughs> yeah. I can't. I that. mean, it's not his fault. No, we don't have to get into that. <laughs> his parents just made some interesting choices. And he's also making the- interesting style choices. But that's all we'll say about that. <laughs> Anywho. um, Do you... Like stand-up comedians at all? Um, I mean, I don't think I've ever actually been to a real stand-up, like live event. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I'm not really into like watching the the specials on Netflix mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. It's like some of the things I think are funny, but I kind of just have to be in the right. Like, mood. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I've been to two shows, like, not really, like, huge big names or anything, just, like, locally. Yeah. Whatevers. But when, or, you know, I've read many and listened to many celebrity read books. And yeah. a lot of uh, comedians do write books. And the women, like, female comics seem to be very, like, vulgar yes and i wonder if that's so they'll be taken seriously by men but sometimes it is like a bit much like i feel like there's a lot other or a lot more ways that women can be funny than just being like over the top and vulgar yeah i agree and i don't know how i feel about it i mean i've never seen a female comic in person or anything. But. I think, I mean, it would be interesting to go. That should be something that we do we should is go do to that. a stand up. Um, but it's funny that you say that because I listened to a recent episode of Juicy Scoop and mm-hmm. Heather McDonald. I, I wish I could remember what her guest name was because she was another female comic and she mm-hmm. was Southern and like her accent was so strong. <laughs> it was kind of funny and cute. But, and they were saying that exact same thing. They're oh, like, really? Yes. They're like, we uh, are clean like comics and there was a lot of pressure for us to tell those like vulgar jokes or off-color jokes Uh and they're like that's just not what we have ever been as people so why would we like just do do it to get the laughs yeah and they did mention that a lot of it was like pressure from men but then they also said you know how like they might do like a warm-up act or something right and that sometimes the warm-up act that they would pair with them would be another female comedian that is more, like, dirty. <laughs> right. And 
they're like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and now I'm going to come out and be, be like, a clean <laughs> cup. <laughs> so that's so funny that you bring that up because they were just saying that. I've been just kind of thinking about that a lot. Well, one of the things I listened to Ali Wong's book, and she was, she's um, pretty vulgar, yeah. I guess, which I didn't know that much about her. Anyway, she said, well, she, when she was like just coming up, she had like this act and anyway, so she came up and she was like, an, it must have been an open mic. Doesn't matter. There was like these frat boys and they're like, oh, this is going to suck. Like as soon yeah. as they saw her. And so she starts doing her thing and she, <laughs> I guess she talks about her butthole a lot and <laughs> shows her butthole and stuff. And then, so anyway, they were like laughing and loving it. And then they came out at the end and they're like, we love you. That was awesome. And like bought merch and stuff. And I just felt like it was like they weren't going to take her seriously that she could be funny unless she was being completely out there. And I definitely think that is part of her personality. Like it seems really genuine, but it was just really interesting. Well, it's just, I don't know. I, everybody has their own things that they find funny and senses right. of humor. But I guess I just, like, don't find that kind of humor that funny. Like, in I mean, certain situations. I, <laughs> I do think it's funny, but I just, I feel bad for women that they feel like they have to, like, appeal to men. Right. In or those just, ways to be funny. Sometimes even with men, though, I feel like, would you typically make that joke or are you just making it in front of this crowd because you think it's going to get a lot like, of laughs? <laughs> right. Let's talk it's about just, bodies. Right. Like, I don't know. That's just not like there's definitely times where I think that that can be funny, but like that's not really my sense of humor. So I know it's just I don't know. I know. It's like if as long as it's genuine. Yeah. I think it's good, but I just it just sucks that women have to like to be taken seriously have to appeal to men so much yeah i agree but i think it would be really hard to be a female comic. i know i think being a comic in general like i can't imagine trying to like stand up a change oh right all God. these jokes are trying to get people to laugh and even though i don't love stand-up comedy I really respect it as I an do. art. I It must be so challenging. I know. And like, I can't imagine, like, that. Like, writing jokes and, like... I couldn't. And bombing. Oh, it's my like, gosh. like, imagine getting up there. Feeling. Just, like, even some of those comedians' books and stuff, I'm like, oh, my gosh. I, like, could handle that. I know. No. Or just the people who might be out there that are giving you, like, the pity clap. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> and then, like, hecklers. Yeah. It's like, ooh, I just couldn't do it. Who was it? Was it was, wasn't it, like, Kevin Hart on an interview? And he <laughs> said he was, like, at some random, like, comedy thing. But it was, like, a dinner, lunch. It was such a bizarre situation mm-hmm. he was explaining. And he, like, went up there and, like, a woman, like, maybe – a woman who was a little bit older he gave a a joke and she just went like oh no (laughs) (laughs) No. imagine like having that be the reaction you're like oh god and then you have to like just keep going like you know and i think it was interesting too because 
just speaking of that, Heather <laughs> McDonald had said in a recent episode too, like sometimes like when she goes up and other comedians go up, they might like exaggerate a story right. or kind of like make something up because it's more funny mm-hmm. and it's like thinking about that situation with Kevin Hart I'm like did that really happen <laughs> or did you just make that up either way it's funny but it's funny. <laughs> but I mean speaking of comedians yeah our book club or our book yeah writer book. yeah book oh club. yeah writer is a comedian i guess he would yeah, well, consider himself and he definitely started which i didn't know that no that he it's funny when you hear about like kids that start out as like comedians yeah i don't know it's just cute um josh peck's book yeah for those of you who might just be tuning in with <laughs> us we are starting a monthly book club and this month's was josh peck's book happy people are annoying and um we're just gonna talk about it and then if you read this book and have some comments we'd love to hear yes. your opinions and your that. thoughts yeah what were your overall thoughts on the book I mean, my, I had a lot of notes on this because. So do I. (laughs) There were, I thought it was a very good book. Like. I thought so too. I really didn't know a ton about Josh Peck. No. To be honest, besides like the Drake and Josh and the Amanda show stuff. And then I kind of, I think. Once he said the stuff about Vine, I was like, oh, yeah. I I know. I vaguely remembered. But I I pretty much forgot about just him, which (laughs) sounds kind of bad. But I just didn't really know about his life. So I thought overall it was like it was really just a great like step back and view of his life and his experience and I thought that he actually was very insightful in his musings about his life and how he talked about it you could tell that he like put in a lot of work to get where he is today yeah I agree he definitely has put the work in in himself and I think a lot of times with these like celebrity memoirs and stuff there's no it's like here's all the bad stuff that happens to me feel bad for me but I feel like he was not like that at all and he even says at a certain point that it's like you know I really felt like my life just sucked but now I know it's like everybody gets dealt a bad hand and it's like how you deal with it and I just thought I just loved how reflective he was because we don't really find that that much it honestly was refreshing it really was I I thought it was very refreshing too and it was kind of upbeat too and I will say this, though. I didn't think he was funny. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like how how he read it. Like, it was just kind of, like, kitschy and, like... Yeah. Like, but I, then I thought, if I was reading this... Yeah, maybe it would have... Would it be different? And yeah. I feel like, in some ways, yes. Uh-huh. But because it was all through his, yeah, like his voice. His delivery <laughs> yeah. of the jokes... And they weren't, like, over the top. They were just, like, dad jokes yeah. thrown in there all the time. I, I and sometimes know. it didn't it, yeah. do anything for right. me. Right. And sometimes it was just, like, he used a lot of, like, analogies. Yeah. And it was almost like I didn't need five analogies for this one situation. No. Like, <laughs> I honestly understood it the first time without the analogy. Yeah, and then you like, gave me five. <laughs> but I do get, like, you know, that might just be his sense yeah, of Yeah, I definitely think it was true to him. Like, I yeah. feel like he really wrote 
the book. And I will say in contrast to Emily Ratajkowski's where I felt like hers was so monotone and she basically didn't even want to be reading this at all. Like I did like that he was more animated. Yes. Like you could feel some emotion, Mm -hmm. but but it still felt very genuine. Yeah, it was definitely read by somebody who was an actor. Not and, that he was acting, but it was like he was good at delivering where Emily Ratajkowski, I mean, although she did act, um, well, it just wasn't. I mean, <laughs> just well, wasn't from an actor. Yeah, and it just seemed like he enjoyed telling this story yes. more. And I don't, I don't know, maybe she didn't enjoy yeah. that. But anyway, this is about Josh Peck. Yeah, so. we'll get into her. Um, I guess my notes kind of start from like the top and his book was more like sequential, which I appreciated. Too. I know that was nice where, um, yeah, I really enjoyed that too. Was it just a book of essays? Yeah. Like it was, it was a complete telling story. a story of his yeah. life. I, everything about him as a child and being overweight, like that was, there were so many things like moments that he brought up and topics that he brought up that he that I never even considered like I didn't even think about before his hearing his perspective yeah I agree he really got into like basically when he was growing up there wasn't like body positivity which we have talked about too yeah and he said you know he was always big and he really just hated that about himself. And he's like, it doesn't reflect the way I feel about other people that maybe are struggling with their weight. But he's like, when you're constantly being told that you're big and everybody is always bringing it up. And he said, well, basically, he does acknowledge why he has the food issues, which I yeah, really liked. Me too. So basically, he had older parents, his dad. They were like a one night stand. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. So a little affair. And then she was 42 and he was 60 or something. Yeah. Like something crazy. So it's basically a miracle Cold that she even got like pregnant. pregnant. So they have him. His dad didn't want anything to do with them. Because he had a whole other family. family. I mean, I guess we could wrap up the dad part too. Yeah. Basically, his dad ends up passing away before he even meets him. But he finds his sister on Facebook through one of his friends and then he sees that his dad had like a whole life and he decides not to reach out to the sister or anything because there just was no point and I thought that was really cool that he was like you know what I'm not gonna mess with these people's lives I think that I don't know how I would have felt in that situation I know like his relationship with his dad or lack thereof was really a thread throughout the whole book it really was. And it's just kind of crazy how, I mean, obviously monetarily, like, that impacted the family. Yeah. But also just how, like, literally him being an actor then and having to be a son yeah. to different people, actors playing yeah. his dad and him being like, well, I don't have a dad. Like, is that <laughs> weird how I said that or should <laughs> yes. I done it differently? Like, I'm... That's something I wouldn't have even considered. I know. But and I, yeah, and it definitely was a situation where his dad just literally did not want to be a part of his yeah, life Yeah, so that feeling of abandonment 
you know, like that's I know he tough. couldn't quite, and that obviously made him his. He was self medicating with food. But I thought it was interesting too how he mentioned with his mom, like his mom also had yeah. Which obviously, I mean, he says multiple times how he really like cares about his mom and stuff. But yeah, his mom is the one who kind of fostered that unhealthy relationship with food because she had that unrealistic I know she <laughs> she did yeah I think at some point he says they would have like binges yeah. together and like go to like a gas station get all these snacks and then like hide away in their rooms yeah. and just binge eat and I thought it was really sad but just an interesting pr- part that he shared about himself was that one of his core memories from young a young age was his relationship with food and being fat. Yeah. Like I, and of course he, he had other things that were positive memories, but like that being like such a core feeling that really drove forward through his teenage and adult years. Yes. I mean, that is so impactful and it's just like something he constantly has to work on. I know. Like and then, always fat. Making it worse that he was a child actor and then being cast in like the Amanda show and then Drake and Josh, it was like, okay, well, Drake is the thin, like normal, yeah, quote unquote, the kid. good looking guy, yeah. the hot one. And, and you're Josh's, the fat, funny yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was just really sad for him. And, you know, I think it's sad, too. I know his mom was a single mom and. It seems like she really tried her best to keep them afloat. But, like, I think it's so unfair when parents, like, push their kids into a certain industry and then use them for a paycheck. And, again, I think, like, it seems like he has a very good relationship with his mom and there's, like, a lot of love there. But it's just, like, he was the one that felt like he had to take care of his mom and if I don't get a job like we're gonna have to move somewhere else you know like that is so much pressure for a kid it definitely was he he will not speak poorly about his mom but I definitely if you're reading in between the lines I don't know if she I feel like because she was in his life he was just happy Mm -hmm. because his dad wasn't so it's like the fact that she was a part of his life that he didn't really care that she wasn't the perfect parent yeah. which it's like nobody is but it right there definitely was i unhealthy things there and he acknowledged the stress that he yeah. had because of that and the anxiety but yeah he never spoke ill of her no which i think was interesting yeah i mean i think that's nice because they do have like a good relationship and she's alive so it's like it would be kind of upsetting to just bash your mom in this book but um i didn't know that he had any addiction problems no i did not know that either because he kind of just like fell off like i guess after drake and josh him and drake went their separate ways and then it's like after that it's hard to find your place. I think we see this kind of like trope with mm-hmm. chi- chi- child actors mm-hmm. all the time. 
And I think it's really sad because you kind of like lose your identity from that thing you're so famous from. Yeah. And I think um, uh, somebody brought up the perspective that him and Drake probably had very different experiences from the success of that show. Like Drake was, you know, known as the hot guy. So Mm -hmm. he was probably, we don't know this, but out partying and with young Hollywood where Josh wasn't. He'd like go home to his mom. Yeah. So it's like once he got done with that, I guess he ends up like meeting this girl and he's basically offered for the first time. Okay. But who do you think this is? I don't know. It has to be somebody famous. Because he said, like, I don't remember the exact name that he used, but he was like, we'll call her... Samantha or whatever he said and he's like even though we know that's not who it is so I like dug through years no I couldn't find anything concrete but I am just wondering like do you think oh Jessica I wrote it down in my notes if I would look at my notes (laughs) he called her Jessica do you think it was Amanda Bynes because the years like, yes, they were on the Amanda show together, but they were quite young when they were on the Amanda show. And then by the time he, like, got skinny and was going out, like, that was when Amanda was also, like, at the height of her career with, like, She's the Man and all these other movies. I, I just don't know because was this – he does he meets her when he lives at that, like, up-and-coming – apartment complex where like up and coming actors live or whatever is it that where he met her and there was like, I didn't think I didn't no I didn't he know was like did in they the hot meet tub? then I thought it was somebody that he already knew maybe I needed to like pay more attention I know well that part was but it was just the fact that he was like he said we'll call her Jessica, Jessica even, even though, though we know, know that's not who know. it it's is it's definitely somebody famous I don't know if I feel like it was Amanda or not who what sounds like Jessica? Been, you know? <laughs> I don't I mean I guess it could have been anybody really. I looked through girlfriend. Could be like Lindsay Lohan. I know. But like why did he word it that way? Like there was yeah. never anything in the press about no. his addiction. No. So it's like how would we have even known? I don't know. That's why I thought it was Amanda. And then I, Amanda I mean, it could obviously be. went off the rails. So I was like, maybe, maybe he already, had, he always had a crush on her, but he was the, you know, kid that was, was overweight tired. before and now he lost the weight. I don't know. I really don't, I don't know. know either. I mean, it could have been anybody, but Someone yeah, he starts this, yeah, he starts this drug problem and I guess it lasts. It was really like, I think, and I wish I would have written down dates. I think it was only like three or four years, which I mean to say only. I know that's for a drug problem. That seems really ridiculous to say. But I mean, in the scheme of things, like there are people who are addicts for decades. Right. And he really, it was like a flash in the pan kind of. From when he like said all this stuff and all these issues he was having. But then he's like, then in this year, I, you know, went and got sober. And I was like, oh, my God, that was only like three years later. If that it might have not even been that long. Yeah. And it's kind of like um, 
instead of his addiction to food, because at this point he's lost the weight. The weight, yeah. He instead fills the void with the drugs and the alcohol. So that is why that starts. I thought it was interesting how he was saying how he had challenges with losing weight too and then once he finally did it was like he had this new kind of confidence and stuff but it was like people would always still bring it up oh yeah saying well you were funnier when you were fat like yeah it's the old josh like what are you what are you doing to keep the weight off you know all those yeah. things and even though he might be happier with himself. His weight was still a topic of conversation. It was. That was really hard for him because I think even now it's hard for him too. Yeah. And then because he gets this one role. I don't think that movie ever ended up coming out, but it was with Chris Hemsworth and it was a remake of something. And so he takes this role like, oh, I got to be this super buff guy. Yeah. I th- no, I think that one did come out. What did they well, say? Well, I remember it, was it like- had like bad issues with like the per- or like the studio buys it. And then just stuff. I don't know if that ever ended up coming out. But he says he basically does this terrible job because he's trying not to be this like comedic actor and be known for that yeah no i looked it up just i was quick on the draw it was a remake red dawn yeah and it did come out like and it also starred um josh hutcherson oh i did not i never saw this movie Um, it has a 14 percent rating on rotten tomatoes so 5.3 out of 10 from imdb so yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't great there. <laughs> but, yeah, he did. He said how he basically was horrible in that movie because he was struggling. Trying so hard. And, and then oh, he w- and Adrian Pilecki. I forgot Ooh. about her. And then he talks. <laughs> Random. There <laughs> she is. Um. And he talks about how, like, even when he was working out for that movie, his body wasn't oh, what yeah. he was expecting. And I guess at some point, which he never goes back to, I don't know if you caught this, but he said he had to get, like, skin cut off. Yeah. But then he never talks about it again. Did he? Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming. Actually, yeah. And it's like, I feel like that could have been kind of an interesting yeah, <laughs> surgery. Because story. I do, you know, with people who who do gain a lot of weight and then lose it like the elasticity in their skin oftentimes doesn't go back like it used to and i i do find that so interesting like with with a celebrity obviously it's way easier to go in and get that surgery but for a normal person like that's life-changing and he was never at I don't know when he he like threw out numbers for his weight and it was kind of shocking to me because it was. even when I like remembered watching Drake and Josh I never thought like oh my god he's huge no I, I just never he was <laughs> I mean he was just bigger but I mean Drake was also very thin yeah so it's he like was. of course you're gonna look bigger next to him it does say that he was an addict for four years. Oh, it was four. It oh, was look, four years. Hannah took the better notes. I guess I got <laughs> a little, but yes. Um, but yeah. So anyway, he's on that same trope of he just child it, actor does drugs. Yeah, and he has just so much 
like i don't know if self it's as deep as like self-hatred i you know i feel like it kind of was though because he said he just felt much more himself when he would do the drugs and Mm -hmm. like because he wasn't really feeling those negative thoughts or like dealing with the fact that his dad left him or that he was and the trauma there must have been from being an overweight person on screen where that's all people talk about because yeah. at some point he says everybody compared him to like <sighs> Who did the greats s- like John Candy yeah, and um Belushi yeah John Chris Belushi. Farley Chris Farley yeah. and he's like that's amazing that you're comparing me to them but they all had tragic endings. yeah they all died yeah, yeah. it's like I don't it's like I want to be compared to them, but also not. That's not what I want my outcome to be. And, and I just, I guess, I don't know. I I don't remember him being, like, side-splittingly funny either. No. Like, like I, I just. And, like, I liked Drake and Josh. Like, I remember thinking it was funny. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't remember, like, I don't know. He like, was, like that level yeah me either i didn't yeah I and don't he wanted to be on all that but they wouldn't let him yeah. <laughs> like so it's like that is like the kid snl but i thought it was sad just speaking of his other like adult movies that not like adult films but like adult roles that he had in movies but and he's like i basically just self-sabotaged myself and i imploded because i was struggling with addiction yeah i wasn't coming to my shoots on time i was doing all these things to just ruin my career Mm -hmm. and like that was just really sad to hear that and and it was just something that we didn't even know no it's like oh he just didn't want to act and he even like brings that up and um, he actually blows it with Judd Apatow, yeah. too. And he's like, look what he did for, like, Jonah Hill yeah. and Seth Rogen. And he's like, I just, I think he actually got fired, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like, he full just was not fired because like, he was, like, drugged out and just yeah. self-sabotaging, which was sad. But I know it was really He sad. had, like, one good movie that I guess he got uh, a lot yeah, of praise, was, The Whack. And I never even heard of that. I think so. I did once I started really thinking about it. Because I remember there was like some movie where it was like kind of a big deal he was in. But he got to work with like his hero and everything. And he said that whole, what was it, six weeks? Yeah. He was just sober. Sober and, and really, really tried well. hard. Yeah. And it was just sad that, nope, he just goes right back to doing the drugs. Um, I really liked how he just took a lot of accountability for everything like with getting sober and just like being an addict in the first place like he didn't try to put blame on all these other things like no he could have easily just been like well I'm like this because of my dad I'm like right. this because of Hollywood yeah. but he didn't he he completely took that on that like yes this was a me problem I'm the one that made these choices. Yes. I'm the one that needed to get out of this. I'm the one that like really sabotaged my career. Like Mm -hmm. he just, that was really refreshing because I feel that so many people are just constantly looking for others to blame and they don't take that accountability. And yeah, I agree. And he's like, this is why I do this stuff or like, 
the not having the dad and all that and being overweight yeah. contributes to why I act this way, but I'm still making all my choices. Right. And I think he said that multiple times. Like, yeah. I'm not trying to give excuses for these things, but they're like, these are factors in my life that maybe led me to this, yes. but I still had the choice to do it. And Definitely. I, that's just something that I don't think, a lot of people have that. No, they don't want to ever take accountability. Yeah. And I think a lot of this comes from AA. Yeah. Because he's gone, I guess, for like 13 I'm, years yeah, or something. Yeah, a long time. I think I have it written down somewhere, but it kind of, I want to go to AA. I know. <laughs> it's just seeing or hearing, I guess, the clarity that he has on his yes. life and just how much of a positive impact that has had on him, not just with his addiction but just in his general outlook on yeah life. on everything yeah i think this is like skipping ahead a little bit but at the towards the end there was that speaker that they had at aa and mm-hmm. it's what the quote was giving up what you think defines you to find or was this is the title or the topic was giving up what you think defines you to find happiness and then the quote was you're the fish you're trying to catch like you're the love of your own life. Yeah. And I was like, that is so true. And it's so cheesy to be like, you have to love yourself, blah, blah, blah. But like it it was it really reigns true where like if you don't take the time to take care of yourself yes. and to put in work on yourself, then you're not going to be helpful or to others and find that love with somebody else or just find that sense of worth and purpose. I know. I thought that was really, really good advice. Like even when I think about parenting and being stressed about it, it's like, no, I need to take care of me too or else I can't give anyone else. Yeah. You know, my 100% either. But yeah. Because like giving up what you think defines you. Like I could say like my work defines me. Right. Well, what if I woke up tomorrow and that was gone? Right. Or like. For you, like your children, obviously that's a horrible thought to wake up and then be gone. But it's like if you're just only defined by being a mother and that's the only way that you get happiness. Yeah, it's like what are you? Yeah. Or like kids grow up. Or right. Careers change. So you really do have to find who you are. And I think that was just really good advice. Like right. he had such good advice. Just, it's and like so crazy. much of it came from AA. Yes. It's like, I want to go to freaking AA meetings, but I guess it's kind of controversial. Yeah. Too, like, which I didn't know. I didn't know either. When he said that, I had no idea. No, I didn't know that either. He's like, because I guess if, you know, somebody falls off the horse again, they blame AA, yeah. but it's like, I guess he was Steve-O. He brings this up that Steve-O says, you know, if you're workout or whatever, and then you gain weight back. Yeah, people don't blame, blame the gym. Yeah. And it was like, oh, okay. It's so true. Which and I had just had no idea there was that stigma around Me either. AA. I didn't either. I think he must have had a really good sponsor, though, too. Yeah, you know? definitely. See, I, he did talk about a guy that he like picked kind yeah. of and asked him to like be his sponsor or whatever and it like worked out really well yeah. 
And I just thought that was cool. Like, I can't imagine being able to just, like, go up to somebody and be like, can you just, like, help me? Yeah, I know. So <laughs> like, you don't even you're, know. I know. And it's like, those people are there to help you. Like, they're so willing and I giving. Know. Which I have heard that about people in AA, that they're just so selfless and they'll yeah. help you. I mean, I, yeah, can I don't want this to come off the wrong way of us being like flippant about it, right. but it's like where's the meeting that we can go to? Because that would be like literally so just I don't I feel like that environment must be so accepting I and know. welcoming. I just appreciated his self awareness that he gained through that program and then how it just allowed him to really grow and how his self awareness throughout the book where he even talked about like you know, now he's a husband and a father mm-hmm. and how he challenges or he goes through challenges every day. But it's like he wouldn't be in this place where he is right now if it wasn't for getting sober and going through that program. And I feel like it's just given him a very different outlook on life. I know. And like it seems like it's that constant in his life and the yeah. constant support, which is really cool. I yeah. Wanna, yeah. Like we said, not to discredited or anything but yeah I just want to go even though I don't have addiction issues I know um I I also appreciated him talking about having to be a continuous learner yeah so at one point he talked about that with going back to acting classes yeah and he kind of thought being like a younger child actor like oh yeah well I I've already been there done that like I'm great but then going to the acting classes when he was an adult and how different of an experience that was and how challenged he was yes and how he realized that he did still have work and that he (laughs) needed to do and things that he could have done differently or better like I appreciated that because it can go through any any part of your life like any job like you can't just stay stagnant (laughs) right I know he did definitely or he said he had a pretty big ego problem and once he let all that go and just like you know what I don't know everything it really just worked on himself how much different everything went for him and then he ends up going to social media after basically not really getting anything in Vine. Were you on Vine at all? Yeah, I was. I loved Vine. That was in when we were in college. Yeah, yeah I feel like. Those years. It was basically TikTok, except yeah, it was shorter. shorter. Yeah, it was hilarious, like some of the stuff on there. I didn't have Vine, but Vine would pop up on Twitter and everything. Yeah. But I guess he starts to be one of like the top creators on Vine, yeah. and he just works so hard at it, and is like doing this like fun stuff. And then Vine gets deleted. <laughs> it was like he goes, everything's going so great, and then All no more Vine. <laughs> he wakes up one day and Vine is gone. I know that. <laughs> but speaking of Vine and we talk about all the time with like our TikTok and mm-hmm. it is just so challenging. And he was like, I had to post every single day and I was constantly trying to think of new ideas. And then he got brand endorsements. And, it was I know. Like and he's like things. meeting with like big businesses, yeah. executives and with people. And they're like, this is why you need social media. Yeah. It was like really in the height of when social media marketing was, was going on. Off. Yeah, for sure. Because even at that time, so it must have been, so I, 
would have been like 20, like 12. That's what I'm guessing. I think it was yeah. around there. And I can't remember what date he put, but it had to have been around there, 2012, 2013. And then I don't even know. I think Vine was gone before I was out of college. Or maybe yeah, I just had I, deleted the app. I don't know. I know. it Like, it got unpopular for yeah. some reason. And then it... But then there, a little after that, they just took it away. There wasn't anything that really replaced it at the no. time. It was just like, oh yeah, that was cool. Yeah, and then it just died. I don't know. But before that, it literally like there weren't really the hardcore influencers. No, like Instagram was still just friends posting heavily filtered photos of like right. sunsets and stuff <laughs> like it wasn't <laughs> anything more than that and like twitter was still you just sharing out random funny thoughts or yeah. whatever and then vine was just nonsense right so but then it started to get in with like companies were like no we can use this right and then I don't know it if that like, catapult. I don't know what the downfall. I, know, of Vine I was. don't know what it was either. Just like then they're like, we're gonna delete every Vine that ever existed. Yeah. But basically, then he decides to start doing YouTube, and I think in the mix of this too, he gets that John Stamos that show. Yeah. That like gets canceled, but. Anyway, he starts on YouTube, and I loved how he was talking about just, like, his persistence in yeah. it. He's like, I need to make money for my family or, like, my wife and stuff. And he just, like, keeps pushing through it. He mm-hmm. gets through stuff, like, the trends and just studies it. And he said, I wouldn't take any kind of a day off, and I just loved that. I wish, <laughs> like, but it's just from he had the time. Yeah, and for him like he was an actor he did have a different like he never had a traditional nine to five right he didn't have the same where it's like i mean just speaking for us for example we can't just quit our day job right and just like and just as much as we would love to but it's like he had a little bit of financial security where he was able to do that and then you know he was able to really make it grow and Mm -hmm. It was, but I never watched his YouTube channel. I didn't either. The only, when I remember like Josh resurfacing was because he was friends with David Dobrik. Oh yeah. Well, that was Vine stuff, wasn't it? I think that was YouTube. That was YouTube. I don't know if it was still the Vine. But I know for sure YouTube. Yeah. But yeah. So that's when I remember he started resurfacing, but I didn't know he had like this whole Vine career. I didn't know anything else from that. Yeah. But. I'm sure because I was on Vine. I'm sure at some point I saw him, but like, I. Oh, child star. Yeah. But I don't remember being like, Josh Beck is hilarious. Like he's right. back. Like, no, I don't recall that. No, me either. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, too, how he said that he has to keep auditioning like he like, I don't know, you just maybe this is just something that I feel or have a a unrealistic perception of. But I just think like, oh, you're famous, like they just choose you. Right. But (laughs) it's not necessarily true. Like you do have to still audition for the role. Yeah, I um, he kind of gets into about how once he's 
was able to not have to rely on acting for making money anymore. He could actually enjoy it again. And he said, I didn't enjoy auditioning back then, but now I do once I took the time to like restudy the craft. And then I would go out and audition. He said, I wouldn't tell anybody. I would just do it because I wanted to. And then that, I think that was when he got the John Stamos job. But it sounds like he still might be auditioning for things actively like to this day, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. And I don't know. I didn't look his IMDB up to Mm -mm. see what he has cooking. But yeah, I think it seemed like he is still auditioning. And he's like... He was at one audition and there's like all these kids in there and <laughs> this kid like looked at him like, what are oh, you yeah. doing here auditioning? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it was pretty humiliating, but it's like, here I am and I'm I'm going to do it because I don't have that same ego that I did. But yeah, he finally got through the ego <laughs> and makes him just a better person. <laughs> Overall, I I enjoyed the book a lot. It was interesting to hear more about his life because I didn't know much about him. I was not a huge Josh Peck fan before this, and I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan now, but I just have a different appreciation for him. I I loved just like the self-growth. And I feel like he really did a lot of inner child work too. Yeah, it was just – it was honestly – as lame as this sounds is kind of beautiful to hear because he's not that much older than us no he really is a handful of years and he's been through a lot of different things and i think he easily could have just stayed where he was and been this like you know egotistical addict but like he did he's not like he's put in a lot of time to work on himself and And you can tell i know he seemed really genuine i mean i'm not gonna like actively look for stuff he's in yeah I'm but i'm either. definitely like happy for him and i actually got something out of the book yeah so I, I would recommend it. the book i enjoyed the book <clears throat> um okay well if you um have any thoughts about the book if you've read happy people are annoying let us know and put your thoughts in comments because we'd love to hear yes, what you we guys would, think. If you agree with us or if you completely disagree. Yeah. And we don't have a solid book chosen for next month. No. So we'll have to let <laughs> we'll you know you, yeah. next week on that one. Um, but please make sure to follow with our book club that happens monthly. Um, I have a recommendation. And I had to look up the brand because I literally couldn't remember what it was. But it is the Glow Recipe Leave-In Conditioner. Ooh. And I think it's like, I want to say it's like a cucumber. Or maybe it's not even from Glow Recipe. I'm pretty sure it is from them or I could just be making it up. Hopefully I'm not making it up. But if not someone will figure it out and find the right information (laughs) i guess really just a uh, um a leave-in conditioner in general i think any are probably fine but i didn't really use 
that I would use like a hair mask in the shower, but I never use like a leave-in conditioner. But now I have one that I just spray in my hair and while it's still kind of wet. And I have noticed a big difference in just how my hair feels. So okay. especially if you like color your hair or anything, I would definitely recommend it. I like leave-in conditioners a lot. I'll have to try that one. Yeah. I'll, once I, I'll tell you the real brand. <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, I'm going to recommend, well, I like to use the native deodorant because I like the scents and they have this like candy shop thing going on and the gummy bear, gummy bear scent was so good. I had to get that one and my son wanted me to get that one. I was like, no, I don't want that one. I smelled it. I was like, ah, (laughs) which sounds weird. Why would you want your armpits to smell like gummy bears? But it does smell good. Also, I have a complaint about deodorant in general. Why does the bottom of the deodorant stick park part not just stuck, like glued on to that little stick? Because oh. once you get to the end, it just flicks out. Yeah. And it's like you it's like, oh, I feel like it's lighter, like I'm probably towards the end, and then you do it and then the thing just goes flying Flying. across the room yeah why can't it what's the purpose i don't understand that either just to do that and it's silly because it looks like you still have more left and it's a surprise like oh there it goes (laughs) yeah (laughs) there she goes i know i hate that but then a lot of times too i'll like keep that and keep using it it's like they just want you to have to buy it sooner i don't know that's just annoying but it that's every deodorant that does that but I just have a problem finding like natural deodorants that actually work for me and that I like. It's so hard. It is hard. And like I do sometimes still use an antiperspirant. Like if I know I'm going to be like wearing something that needs less sweat. Yeah. But I just find that with the natural ones, you have to like make sure you're applying it like a couple times a day, which is like annoying, but. I'm so used to it now. I did use the native and I actually have like three unused of like the coconut one. I think it is because they accidentally sent me like a million. Oh, but um, so if you want them. (laughs) okay. but I didn't like them in the winter time because when I would wear my sweaters, Mm -hmm. that's when I would feel like I would get so sweaty and then it just got gross. And I'm like, oh, and you're supposed to give it like X amount of time for your body to like react. And I did. But I just I started using a, a roll on. I have a different brand that I use. Um, and I actually really like it. Nice. I should have made it. If we coordinated our... Yeah, we could have just talked that. about deodorant. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, thank you for listening to another episode. You know where to find us. Anywhere where you listen to your podcasts. And make sure to follow us and give us a nice rate and review. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>